Hello, I'm back. Welcome to Change It Podcast, episode three. A massive thank you to all the listeners. If you're new, thanks for joining. This is a podcast that will give you the tools to adopt and cope with change. Please do rate and review the podcast. It generally helps increase the awareness. Don't forget to subscribe for the latest episode updates. And you can follow me on LinkedIn by searching Eloise Seidlin, where I have interviews, articles and recordings available to view. There's loads of places you can interact with this podcast. I genuinely want it to be a community that helps you. But the best place to start is with this fantastic episode. So here we go. I'm delighted to have Alyssa Tai joining me. Alyssa is someone I've known for a number of years and has always offered me assistance in unpicking the phenomenon that is agile change. An expert in this space, Alyssa is currently an HR agility lead at Westpac, where she has driven vast agile agendas. Alyssa started her career in Deloitte's human capital team and then went on to excel in a pivotal role with Qantas. Alyssa lives and breathes Agile Change, and in this interview, I ask her to help us understand what Agile Change is, where we could be going wrong with it, and what her top tips for being a wizard in Agile are. Welcome to episode three of Change It, Alyssa. I've given the listeners a very high-level introduction to you, but what would be really useful is if you could give a bit of background on who you are and what you do. Happy to, Eloise. So I have a background in management consulting, uh, which is grounded in human capital consulting across multiple industries. And one day I was asked to work on an agile change at a a big bank uh, where they were looking to merge development and operational teams. Now, I'd never worked in an agile environment before. There was lots of new lingo and terminology, as one would imagine. And they were bringing together the smartest tech people in the bank Uh, into this team to help shift their online practice to agile ways of working. Now, there I was, new to agile and fairly new to the tech world, uh, working in a a new environment and promoting a change that touched all change dimensions. So we're looking at process, structure and culture. Uh, Whilst it was a great learning curve for me at the time, uh, I got to participate in something totally out of my comfort zone and found a real passion in agile. And so fast forward, leaving uh, management consulting, I found a number of contracts in the agile space, uh, supporting organizations and shifting their ways of operating across digital and business areas, uh, while at the same time advancing my own ways of operating too, which is always great. And uh, it's probably a great reminder to always seize challenges or, or new opportunities because that's where you really get the growth. Uh, Landed me a role at Westpac, helping the Agile Transformation team to introduce uh, agility across the business. And uh, I'm now currently working in the HR function, whereby I've helped their area move to an Agile way of operating. And we've just landed our target uh, iteration, our target state, and so we're in a really great great place and uh, really satisfied. That's awesome. Um, I'm sure that there's quite a lot that um, we're going to unpick on that journey, but um, thank you. That's a very, very interesting journey that you've had. Um, For the listeners of the show, um, I think there is 
quite a lot of talk around agile change, what it is, what it isn't. There's quite a lot of heightened anxiety for many change practitioners. Could you give your view of what agile change is, Alyssa? I think there are lots of different definitions of agile change. I like to think of it as simply as it's a set of principles and practices that will help the, the practitioner deliver greater value to customers or stakeholders faster and in an iterative way. So it's really a way of being. So that's looking at the culture and value side of it. And it's also a way of operating or working. And so bringing that to life, it's an environment where you can work in cross-functional squads to build up high performance and deliver value or outcomes sooner and in stages. Amazing, thank you. And with that in mind then, where would you say that Agile is best suited? Agile, as we all know, was founded in the tech world, but it can absolutely be applied to the business world. So I like to think of Agile in two frames. One, it's doing Agile. So that's looking at the tools like Confluence, Jira, Teams Planner Board, or the process or frameworks. And that can always vary. Uh, whether you use Scrum, Kanban, Scaled Agile, it's really going to vary depending on whether you're operating in a business or tech landscape, whether it's a mature environment, whether squads or teams are scaled or not. So being Agile, uh, ultimately is really the values, principles and manifestos. So these are the elements of agility that you can inject in any environment that you operate in. So I definitely think it's a myth to believe that agile can't be um, employed in you know, the business landscape. It can even be used at home. Uh, it's just a matter of how far you go um, from a process or framework perspective. But as I mentioned, ground the, the values and the principles that absolutely can be leveraged to build any high-performing team. Great, thank you. And that already dispels some of the myths around where and where it cannot be used. Um, and so during your experience with Agile and, and presumably both Qantas and Westpac and, and probably somewhat in Deloitte through the, the certain clients that you would have consulted to, have you witnessed and, and could you share some of the common pitfalls of agile change where people fall down? Absolutely. I think the first common pitfall of agile change is overcomplicating it. It's actually a very simple process when you break it down. Uh, but I find that with a new lingo and a completely different way of operating, we also tend to overcomplicate how we communicate it the key messages that we land on and how we introduce it. I think there's a really great opportunity for us to keep it as simple as possible, grounded in the values and the principles, and then in an iterative way, introduce the new ways of operating. The second key pitfall I observe, and in my experience, is underestimating the culture shift that's needed to introduce agility to organization. I, my sense is, is that we look at Agile as a structure or process change, but really it's a fundamental shift in mindsets and behaviours. Now, change practitioners would probably recognise this at the outset, but not all of our business leaders see it as such. 
And so we should never underestimate that culture shift that's required and to ensure that we really hone in on what are those key behaviors that we require in the future uh, to ensure that this new change to operating in a different way is, is gonna um, be needed for us to be successful. The last key pitfall, and there's many, but I'll keep it to three, is that we as leaders uh, don't embrace feedback and take advantage of the retrospective. So for those of you who aren't aware of what a retrospective ceremony is, it's an opportunity in Agile where you come together with your peers, your leaders, your team members, your direct reports, and you work through what is working well, what's not working so well, where are there improvements, what is confusing and so on. And I think as people leading the transformation, we need to absolutely lean into that ourselves and ask others for feedback. It's such a brilliant part of Agile ways of working and I don't think we take advantage of it. Uh, typically in the, you know, the legacy way of operating, we wait till we have complaints come through and then we try and address those concerns through the change journey. But this is a fantastic way of introducing changes iteratively and getting great feedback from friendly groups uh, but also bringing new advocates uh, along the way with us. Very interesting hearing your three common pitfalls because the overcomplicated one is something that comes up a lot and more often than not people then look at Agile as something that's just a short process or to streamline things so yeah really interesting to hear your yeah your diagnosis and, and insights on that. In contrast then with those in mind what would be your three top tips do you think for, for agile change and those thinking about doing agile change my top tips would be firstly be the change i think we hold a responsibility as change leaders to role model agile ways of working and being if people don't see and observe that we are operating in this way that we are getting used to working in ambiguous environments, then they are not gonna take up the change themselves. So absolutely, we hold a responsibility and we need to lead the charge and help other leaders do the same. I also, through my experience, have seen how beneficial the balance between immersion and iteration is. I'll explain. When people enter agile environments and start that journey, there's a, typically a lot of fear, or a lot of myths associated with this way of working. And that can grow and manifest into a group of very, really resistant uh, people in your organization or your team. What I would recommend is to ensure that people are immersed as quickly as possible in this way of working. Because actually, it's really great fun, it's really effective. You get to work and collaborate with your peers, with different areas. Sure, there are challenges along the way, but if we can demystify how Agile works and what it feels like to be in an Agile environment, we can absolutely bring people along that journey a lot faster. It also builds a lot of confidence with individuals that this is something that they can be a part of. When it comes to the iteration side of it, I also don't believe that it can be a big bang solution. 
And I would imagine a lot of change practitioners or leaders would understand what that means. Yes, Agile is an iterative uh, way of operating and so we have to lean in to that as well. So you might have a target state, but we are fundamentally shifting all the elements of change. And so if you can break it up, um, be it structure change or introducing processes, ceremonies and the like iteratively, you're gonna have a much better experience and outcome for more people. And I would also then say that ultimately select the right people to have in your camp. They need to have the right mindset more than ever in this new way of operating. Because as I will keep reiterating, culture change is at the forefront of agile transformation. And you might not always have the opportunity to select everyone and especially your leaders. However, there are typically ways that you can bring in or, or build up agile coaches or others in your areas and they need to have the right mindset. We can absolutely teach new processes and frameworks and the like, the theory, but we can't always teach mindset. That's something that takes uh, longer to um, introduce and to see and observe. So selecting the right people absolutely would be another top tip. Great, and do you have any tips around eliminating that fear when you talk about the fear that people feel of failure because it's something we're not accustomed to in our society and, and culture today. Are there any tips, presumably that goes back to the culture too? I think it really does come back to being immersive as quickly as possible. You know, the longer we wait to try and give it a go, the longer we're going to be sitting in our own fear. So whether that is connecting with someone from another organization that has gone through this change or whether it's someone in the business, maybe the tech environment that has been through a similar experience, talking to people, attending showcases or ceremonies to observe them, and then just having a go and taking the pressure off. That might look like stepping into an environment where you have some friendly faces to help share the feedback um, and build that confidence. But ultimately, I just believe you have to lean in because I really trust that a lot of practitioners listening to this all have it in them to lead an agile transformation. It's just we need to break down the myths associated with agile transformation. And talking of fear and uh, misperceptions a lot of the time, one of the things that I see and hear about and I'm very aware of in the recruitment industry is the ratios between men and women in certain job types, uh, particularly in IT and technology. Can I ask how it has been for you and your experience being a woman in the IT area in technology? I've really embraced being a woman in the tech world. It's a great opportunity for, for us. And why I say that is because sense of diversity into the area that you're working in. And for those that may not have worked in the tech space before, typically they have people in there that really value the right outcomes above all else. And so there's a lot of problem solving that is done in that world, a lot of debate where ideas and opinions are openly shared. 
And it's actually a brilliant platform for change experts to be forthright, share ideas, their perspectives, and be celebrated for it. So I, in my experience, I've seen it as an opportunity to lean in, be authentic, unapologetically yourself, and to step up for what you think is right. I think it's a wonderful uh, environment to continue and experience and grow your career. And has that been the same in all the organizations that you've worked in? You felt that level of safety? Absolutely. I think in any organization, there's always going to be some level of feeling where you might not feel as safe, whether it's particular leaders or team members. Hopefully we, we get more often than not a, a, an environment where we feel really, really safe, but I think that's not always the case. My experience, however, has not been that the tech world has been any different to another era. In actual fact, I've seen it as an environment where I can actually be self speak up and not have the fear of anyone being sensitive to the views that I share and how I share it. And in terms of the agile change space, we've talked a lot around the the myths, some of your top tips. Do you have any key ingredients for success in agile change? There's lots of ingredients for success and I'm sure others could build on my own. But first and foremost, I think we have to lean into ambiguity. We mustn't be dogmatic about this is the way Agile must be implemented in my area or in this organization. We need to ensure that we are open to finding the value in everything that we do and introduce. Now, being or sitting in a space of ambiguity is not always fun for everyone, but it is a beautiful space to be. And typically that's where innovation comes from. Uh, Again, it doesn't mean that we're not being very planned and considered in our approach. It's recognizing that a lot of people are on this new journey and that's okay. And we will work with them hand in hand to get the outcomes that we need. I would also say be open to feedback and learning and failing quickly. That's such a great part of agility, the failing quickly part. I think so many of us want to be perfect and deliver the right outcome and have all the answers. But I think we've lived in an environment where that's actually never been the case. So we need to actually take advantage of the agile values and principles and take on the feedback, lean into it and grow alongside everyone else. I would also then say as a key ingredient, be value driven. So if you focus on the values, on the true benefits, of Agile, you'll find success, no doubt. So for example, if you introduce a process or ceremony that's slowing you down or goes against the principle of speed, then you have an opportunity to rethink that. Being Agile is greatly more powerful than doing Agile, in my experience. That's when teams really hit mastery. And so where you can lay the foundations of Agile ways of working and make it work for them, you're, you're really going to reach uh, the, the success that you're after. That's an awesome differentiator, Alyssa, doing and being agile. In your experience in both agile and change, what are some of the greatest lessons that you have learned in this space? 
as practitioners and, you know, junior all the way up to senior leaders, there's always been a sense of we need to be perfect or we need to ensure that the change meets the needs of the organization. We don't want any or minimal concerns or you know, negativity associated with the change that we're introducing. And we're not allowed to make mistakes. I'm not sure that's ever really been a reality for anyone. And the greatest lesson I've learned in Agile Change is that we don't have all the answers at the outset. That's okay. We've got a lot of great experiences. We may have a plan, but it's a false realization to think that we have all those answers and nothing's going to change. That's never the case, really. So at least in an agile environment, we recognize that early and we work with it. We plan what we know and then we prioritize based on new learnings. So this helps to guide a more informed roadmap and approach uh, that we can redirect us to our desired outcome. So I think definitely that 80-20 rule, do the best you can to a certain extent, test it with members, leaders, diverse group of people, iterate and then continue to move forward. That's the greatest lesson and benefit I've taken away from Agile Ways of Working. One of the key misperceptions that I come up against a lot in Agile is the, the perception that um, we touched on this right at the start of the podcast, and I know you and I have spoken about it a lot in the past, is Agile sitting very much in technology and being embedded in that IT part of the business only. You are currently an HR Agile lead, Alyssa. So what is your perception on Agile and people and culture and what are your experiences and, and thoughts on this? Agile can absolutely be leveraged in an HR environment, any business environment for that matter. If you want to better leverage cross-functionality in HR where you have diverse people working together for a common outcome, or if you want to break down silos or improve collaboration, you may want to focus on greater quality service and experiences or increase speed to deliver through regular conversations, then Agile Ways of Working is for you. The question is, how far do you go in terms of introducing agility? And that's where the processes, the frameworks, you can have a play with that and be creative. And so problem solving and being value driven is really paramount to introducing agility to an HR or business area. Prioritizing the things that matter ultimately makes functions like HR more strategic and valuable to an organization. So I would absolutely recommend agility in an HR environment. I think so many will find real value in that. Alyssa, in terms of your reading and podcasts, is there anything that you can recommend to listeners who'd like to find out more about Agile Change? I'm a bit atypical when it comes to agile learning. And why I say that is I've been part of, you know, conferences led by Scrum Australia, or I have been involved in training Access Agile. And I find that the best advice and learnings that I've received have, has been from other agile practitioners. So sometimes you find them on podcasts, sometimes you connect with them via peers or colleagues that you have, but asking 
the questions that no one really asks, especially from a business lens, I find the best value comes from your peers, your practitioners or the leaders out in Agile. So I've spent quite a bit of time talking to other Agile experts and picking their brains and problem solving with them to help ensure that agility is going to work well in my environment. So continue learning, continue reading. There's a lot of information on Agile on the internet. It's been around for, you know, for over 15, 20 years. The question is in a business environment, see who you can speak to, see who you can find on LinkedIn. It's the greatest place to be able to connect with experts that you can really have meaningful conversations with. And Alyssa, it's been such a privilege to have you on Change It today. Thank you so much. I know that between your job leading Agile at Westpac and you also um, do a lot for charity with Kit Bag for Kids Australia, the listeners of the show that would like to follow you or connect with you, is LinkedIn the best place to find you? Yes, I love LinkedIn. I have my email address on there so people can be by LinkedIn conversations with people interested in agile or transformation uh, or just generally any problem solving that needs to occur. So everyone's welcome to connect with me in that way. Great. Well, thank you so much, Alyssa. It's been an absolute privilege to steal some of your time today. I know how busy you are. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to Change It, bringing you tools, tips and takeaways from experts in change. I'm Eloise, a recruiter that's passionate about the change field. If you're a practitioner in change or transformation that's looking to further progress yourself, then please get in contact today. I'd love to assist.